Thanksgiving and prayer today, and uh, it's a subject that whenever I was a teenager, when, some, when the pastor got up to talk about prayer, I was like, okay, I pray, I know about prayer, but the, problem, but the thing is, is I really didn't pray, and I didn't know how to pray, I just went through the motions. But prayer is one of, if not the greatest thing you could do as a Christian, because, you know, we can, we can do these other things, we can uh, do, do certain stuff, but a lot of times we're just doing activity, right? But we're not in action. Okay, prayer is action. You know, we may do other stuff to keep our, our Christian um, life up and our Christian heart, but a lot of it's just activity that we're doing stuff to maintain our Christian walk with God. But prayer is activity, is action. It moves forward. So sometimes it's kind of like I, I, I heard a, a, an, a, an analogy the other day. It was kind of like um, your car. When you put, put you put your key in your car and you crank it on and you mash the gas, that's action. There's motion, right? But whenever you uh, put oil in the car, change the oil, you put gas in the car, you wash the car, you make sure the spark plug, all that is activity. But driving it is action. Prayer is action. We do a lot of stuff that is activity, but prayer is action. And prayer is, having a good prayer life is something that, that, that needs to be developed. You know, you hear, you know, people say, you know, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. It's, it's, the, it's the thing that you have to practice. Yes, you have to practice prayer. Because the more you practice at it, the more that you do it, the better you become. You know, it, just like anything, if you, if you, if you, if you are uh, Shaquille O'Neal and, and you, you need to sit at the foul line and throw free throws, right? Because he, he missed a lot of them. So, so the thing is, is, it needs to be, you have to sit there and practice it. And prayer is a practice thing. Now, when I say practice, I don't mean that it doesn't mean anything, that this isn't the, in the real game. Sometimes your practice is in the game, right? Sometimes, you know, you, you learn why you're doing it in the game, and, and, and it's like on-the-job training. And that's how prayer is. When you're praying, you are praying to God, and He hears your prayer, but I say you got to develop it. And maybe practice is a bad word, because you don't never practice prayer. It's, it's your heart, right? It's conversation. But what I'm saying is the more you pray, the better you get, get at it. And you have to be disciplined. You just can't pray every once in a while. Prayer is a disciplined thing. And, and so many times I've even told people myself, and I, I've been wrong, especially convicted this week of saying it. Of, of when, I, when I studied this message, I was really convicted of, of the past times that I've said this. When I'm talking about, when I'm talking to new Christians or even Christians that are going through something, what do we say? Hey, read your Bible much as you can and pray much as you can, you know, and go to church much as you can. No, pray every day. It isn't an option to pray just much as you can. If you're going to make it as a Christian and you're going to be fruitful and you're going to be successful, it's, it's going to be because you prayed every day. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do because we are talking to God. Prayer is building relationship with God. Okay? Prayer is saying, God, I, I'm coming to you and I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping you and, and, I'm, and I'm beseeching you. And, and we could talk about all different parts of prayer today. But it is so important. And I feel like that it is something that we as a church need to get back to. I think the church during the COVID and for even, even prior COVID had lost prayer. But I think during COVID, we, it, we, we have forgotten about prayer. The prayer that we've all prayed during COVID is, oh God, where am I going to find toilet paper? You know, where am I going to find this? Oh God, you know, I don't want to catch COVID. But we haven't had, but we, our prayers were petition. They weren't action. They weren't talking to God. They weren't building relationship. They were all put, they were all just, God, give me, give me, give me. Help me with this. 
So, you know, a lot of times in the past I've, I've referred to the P-R-A-Y, praise, um, repent, ask, and yield. And I said to some people, like, give, give me some kind of scenario where I can use it in a prayer time. So praise, repent, ask, and yield. Today I want to talk along the same lines, but I want to use another acronym and go in a different, different little slant on it. And I want to use the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S. Number one, acts, or um, um, the first one is uh, adoration. It's the same thing as praise, right? But it's a, it's a different look on it. So adoration. We, we, when we're praying to God, the first thing that we need to do when we come before God is we need to um, enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Give Him thanks and praise His name, right? So we need to come into His gates when we come into praise, we, uh, into to prayer time. We need to walk in our prayer time, and we need to begin, the very beginning, to adore Him, to praise Him, to magnify His name. Adoration, adore. Oh, come let us adore Him, right? That, that's something that we need to do sooner as we come into prayer is to start off not by God hey dear Lord Jesus thank you I, I need you it needs to be God you you are amazing we need, you can even pray scripture you can say you know uh, bless the Lord all my soul and all that's within me bless your holy name you know blessed be the name of the Lord the Lord is is good and his mercy endures forever maybe our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done and go through the whole Lord's prayer maybe it's holy 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 you know, maybe it's worthy. You know, the book, book of Revelation says, um, uh, with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and glory and honor and the blessing. Maybe you want to pray scripture. Maybe you just want to say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I exalt you. You're amazing to me. I adore you. You're just so incredible. Man, how worthy are you? you? You are just magnificent. You are so big. And I make you so little, God. But you're so big. I need to put you in the magnifying glass and quit looking at my problems through the magnifying glass. Because when I do that, I make my problems bigger than I make you. And you're so big, God. Thank you for who you are. And just go through an adoration time. We, we say we have a hard time praying and we can't pray but five minutes. But when we really break it down and think about how we should pray, we should be able, we, we may not because of for whatever reason, but we should be able to pray for, for you know, 10 minutes every single day. I, 10, 10, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, you know, um, even, and that may be 5 and 5, 3 and 3 and 3, or and 1, or 10, or some people can pray an hour, some people can pray more than that. But I think we need, as Christians, we need to make it a point to, to, to just have a, some kind of goal and maybe say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray every day for 10 minutes. Whether I split it up or all at one time, I'm going to start there and at least do that. And if you really think about it, we could take this acts, this, uh, this adoration, um, this first part of adoring him. We could pray 10 minutes just thanking God. And if we can't, we're not, we're not seeing all that he's doing for us. And more than that, we're not seeing who he is. Because when your eyes are unveiled and you begin to see the massness and the greatness of God, we should be able to sit there and pray 10 minutes easy just on how amazing he is. And then the second thing we could pray uh, for 24 hours on, and that's confession. <laughs> Praise and then repent or acts, adore, and then confession. Repent, right? Um, we, we could do that, you know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, I, but I'm saved, Pastor, though, but that still don't mean that we need, don't need to repent. When you, whenever you're, you're, you're asking for Christ to come in your heart and you need to be saved, Christ throws us a, a lifeline, right? And we grab a hold of that rope and we're saved. And we're going to stay saved as long as we hang on to that rope. But when we sin, what is sin? Separation from God. It separates us from God, right? So we begin to let loosen that rope a little bit whenever we start to sin. But when we repent, we, we tighten our grip. 
so so that repentance or having a repentant heart is important i think i mentioned it last week that my kids are already forgiven before they come to me i don't care what they say what they do i'm going to forgive them already but i still want to hear i'm sorry right so the same way with god why why do you want to hear your sorry? because i want to know their heart I'm going to forgive you, but I want to know your heart. I want to hear, I'm sorry. God wants to hear, I'm sorry. He wants to know that we have a repentant heart. Okay? And so, 1 John 1, 9 says, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. God is faithful. And when we ask for forgiveness and we repent, He will forgive us. And I'm talking about true repentance. I'm not talking about, I'm sorry. Uh-oh, I got caught. Or I'm just going to go down, to the, down there to the altar and just cry and let it all out, and I feel better now. That's not repentance. Repentance is, after I'm sorry I got caught or I come down and pray, I get up and I walk away, and I walk away from the thing that I sinned about. Sin is to turn away from. Sin is to do a 180 and say, no more. I'm not going to do that no more. Repentance means to turn to, of a contrition, a regret of our last, our last wrongdoings. Kingdom impact is a place where no one is perfect, but everybody can be changed by the power of God as we come in and repent of our sins. We all, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all as Christians, not just sinners, Christians, we need to repent and, and, and ask God to help us. Number three, this is where it switches up a little bit. Pray, ask, um, praise, repent, ask was the next one here. And this one in ACTS is Thanksgiving is next. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience a peace which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So don't worry. Pray. So that needs to be your go-to. You need to put it on a piece of paper, put it on your bathroom wall, put it on, on your doorpost, wherever. Don't worry. Pray. Okay? So pray about everything then it says then it says tell God what you need okay after you pray tell God what you need and then it says and thank him for all he's done then you will experience God's peace we pray we ask and then we leave God's like no you need to pray ask and then you need to thank God for all he's done then that then you will experience that peace that passes the understanding and then his and then it says not only that it says but his that his peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus when you pray the way that you need to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I don't think we have that on the screen, um, but it says, Be thankful in all circumstances. For Listen to this. For this is the will of God for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Pastor Doug, I've had it a thousand times. People ask me, how do I know what God's will? Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances. God wants us to be thankful for everything that happens, what happens in our life. And we have to be thankful, but we're only thankful at Thanksgiving. And, we're only, and we only pray when we need Him. We have to, as Christians, if we're going to mature and get off the milk and start getting on the, the, the meat of God, then we need to get, get off of just thanking God whenever we're in, on the mountaintop. We need to learn how to thank Him in the valley when we're going through hell. And we need to not just ask God for help um, and whenever we're, when, when we're going through hell, but we need to thank God during, during that time. And then we need to um, praise Him and, and worship Him and pray to Him when we're on the mountaintop. We pray in the valley and, and we worship on the mountaintop. 
but should we not worship in the valley and pray on the mountaintop? Come on now, that's, that's just, it's, just, it's just how you look at it. We, we, we look at prayer just as something that you just, it's just you're, you're supposed to do it. No, it's a necessity. It is essential. It is essential to your Christian walk. You will fail and you will be a sinner and backslide on God if you do not pray on a regular basis. It is, it is just that important. Okay? And so, so, and when you, when you do that and you're, and you're being thankful to God, maybe your journal, uh, you, you journal, it's really good if you are thankful to God to write down some things. Because sometimes we, we, when we're going through bad times, we can't think of nothing good to happen. But get your little journal and start writing down the good things that God's done for you. You know, and put it in there in a, in a little journal, all the great things that God has done. And then go back during these bad times and say, you know what, I'm going through a bad time right now, but look at all these great things that God's done. He's not going to stop now. He's either faithful or he's not. If he's faithful, it means he's going to continue to be faithful. So if he's faithful then, he could be faithful now. I'm not good at journaling. I got two journals back there full. But they're all through times of purity, satanic attack in my life. I got everything written on there about all I went through and then how God, God, God blessed me. But after that, I quit journaling. I'm not a writer. I'm not really good at that stuff. But during that time, it really helped me to write it all down, to what I was going through and what God was doing and all that. So now I can go back and look at those moments of my life and see how God came through. And then number four, A-C-T, and now S, supplication. That means petition or to ask, okay? John 14, 14 says, yes, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Okay, but according to his will, he's just not going to give you what it's not a name and claim it, Jesus, where you just pray what you want and ask God for whatever, and he's going to give it to you. It's going to have to be within his will. Matthew 7, um, 7 through 11. I love it how this, I just love, I'm reading the message here because I love how it, it, it says it. It says, don't bargain with God, he, inst he instructs, be direct and ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, um, do you give him sawdust or King James is a stone. Do you give him sawdust? If he asks for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on the plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of, think of such a thing. You're, you're at least decent to your own children. How do you think the God who conceived you will love you even better? I mean, we're, we're not going to do that. Our kid asked for some, 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 some food, and we're going to put a snake on the table. You know, you know he, he, gives, he wants some bread, and we say, here's a stone. We just, we just love our kids more than that. So if we love our kids enough in our, 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 our sinful lives, then how much greater does God who sent his son to die for us would give us what we need and, and by his will um, if we pray to him. Now I found a letter on the internet uh, to the first church, and I thought I would read it to you. It's not the first, first Pentecostal holiness, it's not the first Baptist, and it's not first Presbyterian or, or, or any of those first. It's, it's a letter written to the first neglected church. And I want to uh, read this letter in its entirety. Miss Prayer Meeting died recently at the first neglected church on Worldly Avenue. Born many years ago in the midst of great revival, she was one of the most influential members of the church family. For the past several years, Miss Prayer Meeting has been failing in health. At, at the last, she was but a shadow of her former self. Her last whispered words were inquiries, inquiries concerning the absence of her loved ones, now busy in the marketplaces of trade and the worldly amusements. Experts, including Dr. Works, 
Dr. Reform and Dr. Joyner disagreed as to the cause of her fatal illness. They had administered large doses of organizations, lots of socials, but to no avail. A postmortem showed that the deficiency of spiritual food coupled with a lack of faith and general support were contributing causes. Only a few were present at her death. In honor of her homegoing, the church doors will be closed. That's what happens. A church that doesn't pray, the doors close. When you take prayer out of the church and you make it just whatever and we go to all these other things and, and we, do, we do all this activity but we don't do the action, we shut the place down. We, do all, we come up with all these things and all these tricks and all these, these events and all this wonderful stuff but prayer, if prayer is not the basis of it, then we're, we're going to fail. During this time, you know, because of COVID, you know, financially, what do we do? Get up here and beg? No, we pray. That's what's going to make the difference. God will put it on people's heart. God will bless us and God will, will, will help us during this time of lack. But we got to pray. And I pray, and as long as I'm the pastor, that, that letter is never going to be read from this pulpit as an action only as a symbology of what could happen we're going to always have prayer at the forefront God has done everything possible to incite us to prayer he's done everything possible to excite us to prayer and he's done everything possible to invite us to prayer but sadly in most Christian lives and a lot of churches there is no prayer he's done his job he showed us how to pray but Pastor Doug, I fall asleep when I pray sometimes. Well, so did the disciples, and they were praying with Jesus. If I was going to fall asleep when I prayed, I surely wouldn't have done it right here with the Son of God. I'd have figured out a way to stay awake. A lot of families have five-hour tea leaves somewhere off of one of them trees or something and try to figure out something, give me some kind of energy drink or something. Not, not when I'm praying with Jesus. So if you do that, hey, when you wake up, don't sit there for the next 10 minutes and repent about how you, you're sorry to God that you fell asleep and you prayed. Just say, God, thank you for that nap. And now, Lord, now that I'm awake, I can pray, I can talk to you again. James 5, 13 through 18 is beautiful on prayer. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are you going through a hard time? What do I do, Pastor? Pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come together and pray over you, anointing you with oil. In the name of the Lord, someone asked me not too long ago, why, why do you anoint with oil, Pastor? It's just symbology. It's this scripture. It's symbolic of the Spirit of God is what that is. When we anoint you, it's, it's, symbol, it's symbolism of the Holy Spirit. And that's why a lot of times I'll even put a little cross on your head when I do it. It's just, it's just symbology. I can pray with you without that, and you still can get healed. You still can have your answers prayed. It's just symbolic. It's just obedient to the Scripture. So it says, so, um, and it says, the Lord will make you heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer, or uh, King James uh, says, the effectual fervent prayer.
prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. King James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The NLT says, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. It says the same thing, but it's just saying it in different words so we can understand it. So if you want an effective prayer, and that it says the fervent, that fervent does not necessarily mean fiery. It don't mean that you have to scream and you have to, oh God, oh God. You know, it, it's, it's, talking about, it's talking about passion, the passion behind your prayer. Because I know a lot of you are, are very quiet. You're very meek. You know, my wife's not going to get up there and, and, and have a, 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 a fiery prayer. But her prayer is just as passionate as my fiery prayer because it's passionate and it's sincere. The sincerity of your prayer, the passion of your prayer, the, 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 the motive behind your prayer causes that. Okay, availeth much. Elisha, um, listen to this, Elisha was as human as we are. Elisha was not God the Father. He was not God the Son. He was not God Holy Spirit. He was Elisha. He was absolutely 100% human, zero God. Okay? And it says Elisha was human as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly. That no rain, he prayed, I forget, the, it's like 20-something words in that prayer. But it says that, he would, that, that no rain would fall, and none fell for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, and the sky set down, set down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. There's power in prayer. This man prayed a prayer, he's just like you and me. He's nobody, he's no, he was no better than, he, he was just, he lived in the Bible days. But he was just as human as you and I are. And he prayed to God, and God stopped the rain. And then he let the rain come back. You know, that scripture, that whole passage there reminds me, I, I believe I've heard at some point in time, the, the, the words, the, the theology of neology. We need to pray. But Pastor Doug, I have bad knees. Well, you know what, I, I kind of do too. And so, you know, I'm not always on my knees. I try to sometimes. Sometimes I lay down. Sometimes I sit up. Sometimes I'm walking. Sometimes I'm running. Sometimes, whatever. Just however you can do it. But that time needs to be special. You know, you don't need to be sitting there eating a sandwich while you're trying to pray. Well, God, I just, I just love you, God. I just pray to you, God. God, and I just go, in Jesus' name. You know, it needs, it needs to be sacred. You need, to, you need to stop and say, God, this is, I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm not, you don't pray watching, watching television. You know, you can pray riding down the road. You can drive and pray, watch and pray when you use the restroom, whatever you do, got to do. But, but you just pray. Now, now it says, you know, the thing is, is I sense God saying that if we hope to see God move in our church, in our city, and, and, and absolutely in our nation, we have to pray. We do pray. But I feel like it's a time, it's, it's a time for us to turn, turn it up. I feel like we're on like a three, and we need to turn it up to about a seven or eight right now. Because this is hard times, guys. We're going through some hard times. There's so many variables going on right now. You don't even know how to talk to people. Because you don't know what they're thinking, what, 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 they're, what they're going through. You don't know their background. You don't know their history. You don't know what, 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 what affiliation they're with. You don't know what church they're with. You don't know. At this time, I, I'm scared to talk to anybody because I don't know. I'm scared that I'm going to say something in love and truth or in, 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 in relationship that they're going to take wrong and get upset about it. It's horrible. We have to walk in the spirit nowadays to say, God, give me discernment. 
in my relationships. Help me help help them who I'm talking to to know that what I'm saying is out of love and I'm talking in love and I'm not trying to, to judge, I'm not trying to promote, I'm not trying to demote, I'm not trying to point a finger, I'm not trying to trying to, to, to get somebody to flip. I'm just building relationships. The Christian life is won or lost by a consistent, faithful practice of the basic tenets of faith. We will win or lose our life based on our prayer, our witness, and our fellowship, and our, our worship, our discipleship, our ministry, our Bible study, and just, that's just a few of them, but, but, but I feel like one of the top three that is prayer. How do you even get saved? You have to pray. Right? So prayer, man, but, but, but don't be like I was as a teenager and say, well, I pray. I, I think, you know, I, no, no, we need to make it a priority in our life. It needs to be equal to eating food. And not just a, thank you, Lord, for this food, bless our bodies in Jesus' name, amen. I'm talking about, I'm not, that's okay to pray a prayer over your food, but I'm just saying, it, it don't need to, your prayer time don't need to be like we say our blessings, what I'm saying. So we need to, to, to look at God, and we need to, uh, if we don't get on our knees, God will not get on our feet, on his feet. When we bow our head, we're really looking up. There's not, there's not a theology of how to do it. Hand, like you're driving a car, hands it t- 10 and 2, put them together, pull them close, bow your head, you know, and, and say, and speak King James. So here in the very end, I want to, to um, give you seven quick types of prayer, real fast, for you to be have an effective prayer life. And you can pick some of these as you're praying. One is a sanctified prayer. And I'm not talking about a sanctified uh, prayer. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer that is, is your position, is your, is who I am. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about that, which I would, that's, those kind of prayers are kind of cool to listen to. But, but the thing is, is I'm not talking about your body position. I'm talking about the posture of your heart. That you're sanctified, that you're set apart, that you're not part of the world. If you're going to pray, you need to have your heart right. Your heart right needs to be right. Sanctified prayer is uttered through the lips of one who is blood-bought by Christ. Because through, our, through our, us accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, that gives us straight access to the throne room of God. Not just the outer court, not just the inner court, but the holies of holies. Where the priest could only go one time a year after they went through this long ritual. But when Christ died on the cross and his blood was, the, was a sacrifice, all of a sudden it says the, the veil, the big, thick, massive veil. I've seen one similar to what is supposed to be like in the temple. Um, when I was in Israel, but it was rent from the top to the bottom. But why was it rent from the top to the bottom? Because if it was rent from the bottom to the top, somebody would have said man did it. But it was as if God did it from the top down. Now, now that he did that, now we, everybody has access straight into the throne room, into the most intimate presence of God. That was sanctified prayer. And, you, and I say a sanctified, well, why has it got to be, why do you say because of, a, of, of the prayer of someone that's saved? Because John, um, John chapter 9, verse 31 says, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but we, he is ready to hear those who worship and do his will. God, the only prayer God will hear from a sinner is that one of repentance. If you are a sinner and you're praying for God to help you get a job, he don't hear that prayer. I'm sorry. You're not his child. You're born as a, a son of God or the daughter of God because he's, he, you're born him, but I'm talking about into his family. 
So the prayer God hears from a sinner is, God, forgive me for my sins. And then you, have to, you went from going to hell to direct access to the most inner presence of God. God wants to hear that. And God answers the prayers of the righteous, those that are saved. And if you're not saved, all you got to do is, is pray the prayer of repentance, and God will forgive you, and you will have full access to him. The only access you have at this point is a, is a prayer of salvation. Uh, I love Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice. This is the new life-given way that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of his death for us. And since we have a high priest who rules over God's people, let us go right into the presence of God with true hearts, fully trusting him, for our evil consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Number two, a steadfast prayer. A steadfast prayer is a prayer of persistence and perseverance. Persistence. You have to, in other words, it's just not a, well, I prayed. No, I, every day, constant. Put it on your calendar. Make, your, make, a, make, a, make it rem, a reminder. Because sometimes if you don't set a time to pray, you'll end up at the end of the day in bed, sleep, and wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, I didn't pray. All right? But too often we, we give up prayer and we become discouraged because God did not answer our prayer in the time that we felt was appropriate. But God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we can't wait. We can't just say, God, well, I prayed about it. My gosh, I prayed for a whole week. Well, what's the Bible saying? You know, uh, uh, days a thousand years, right? <laughs> you know, so, so, so we got to keep right on praying and keep right on praying. Just because God doesn't answer the way we want to. I learned a long time ago that God, when I pray, God's going to give me one of four answers. Those are pretty much the only four answers you're going to get. Yes. No, wait, be patient, not yet, and I got a better plan. That's it. You're looking for all these, all these words. You're looking for a big old transcript of, of his answer. Yes, no, wait, I got a better plan. That's how he's going to answer you. And we got to go with that. You know, the, the, uh, and you got to be persistent in, in prayers and not giving up. I, I'm not going to read read the whole chapter, the, the whole thing here, but but um, the the story of the the persistent woman. She went she went to the, uh, the 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 unjust judge. He was an evil judge, and she kept coming to him wanting justice. And she kept going wanting justice. And he's like, "Get out of my face, woman! Get away from me!" And she, he, she kept coming, she kept coming. She, and finally, he said, get this woman out of my face. Get her away, give her what she wants, let it happen. And they, she, he gave justice. And so God says in that scripture, says, look, if the evil judge, because of persistency, gave um, justice, how much more am I going to give justice and grace to you by your persistency? If persistency can cause an evil person to, to relent, then you know me being your heavenly father, I'll relent right away. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, I love this, prayer pulls down the rope, pulls the rope down below, and the great, okay, hold on, let me start again, prayer pulls the rope down below, and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Some scarcely stir the bell, 
for they pray so languidly. Languidly, I looked it up because it was a word that I didn't understand. This is without spirit or enthusiasm or sluggish. Okay, so some sacredly even stir the bell, um, or they pray languidly. Others give only an occasional jerk at the rope, but he communicates with heaven is the man who grasps hold of the rope boldly and pulls continuously with all his might. That is beautiful. We have this bell, and it's called prayer, and, and sometimes we just tug at it once in a while and hope he answers or hope he hears it. Some don't even mess with it at all. But you, you ever seen, the, you know, what is it, the hunchback of Notre Dame where he grabs that bell and he just pulls down all the way down and squats down, and it just rings that big bell? That's what I'm talking about. Pull in that all your might. Pray with all your might. Because when prayer is the direct telephone to heaven. I, I mentioned often about calling up in the old school. We would call up, put somebody on hold, and talk to the other line. And we can always go back. That's how it is with God. We can always go to Him. Prayer is, is, is the hotline. Prayer, prayer is that red phone to the president. That, that the president could pick up that phone, and whoever, when it, whenever they have a direct line, they pick it up, and they mash that button, and it goes straight to, to the president. So that, 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 is a, that is a hotline. We have that hotline of Christ. When we bow our heads in prayer, we have an access to the throne room of God. The minute you pick up the line, God always answers. He says, ask, seek, and knock. Attend to me. The next, the third prayer, type of prayer is a specific united prayer. How we pray is important, and also whom we pray with is important. Don't be unequally yoked with non-believers. You, you know, you, 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 and also, you don't need to pray with somebody who don't have faith. That's why when I pray up here and someone has a prayer, I say, hey, if you believe and you have faith for this person, come down. If you don't have faith, you, you need to stay in your seat. Because that lack of faith can stop the healing in that person. You don't need to ask somebody to pray for you and believe for something whenever you say, hey, I got cancer. Will you pray for me? Yes. And they're going to agree with you in prayer, in their, but in their heart, they're like, she's not going to make it. No. Yes, I'm going to pray. And I'm praying that you're going to get healed. I never pray to anybody down here that the moment I get finished praying that I don't expect God to heal them right there. Now, does it happen? No. Has it happened? Yes. But we just got to take God out of his word. And we got we to pray and pray with people who agree with us. The Bible says two or three agree together, he'll be in our midst. And we got to pray and agree to each other. We got to look at each other and say, hey, I, man, I trust you, man. I need you to pray. Just don't go tell everybody to pray for you. Because you don't want some prayers. Some people are jealous. Some people don't want you healed. Some people don't want you whole. Some people don't want you to get out of financial hardship because other people want to be above and greater than and this and they want to just be better than you because it is all kind of evil in this world Matthew chapter 20 is tucked away in a little scripture here and, and it's just uh, it, it's, it's a little tiny scripture but it, it's got a lot in it that a lot of people just look over and so it's uh, Matthew chapter 20 verse 29 it says and they departed from Jericho a great multitude followed them, and behold, two blind men sitting together by the wayside, when they heard, their, heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, the Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, um, because they, had, um, they should hold their peace. But they cried even the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, the Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will you have, um, what shall I do unto you? Okay, that's very important right there. When you pray, that was, was he asking? He knows what, he's Jesus. He knows what they want. He wanted them to say, tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you really, really want. 
they, they say unto him, Lord, our eyes, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Because they both had a need. They both were praying together. And they were believing together. So it's okay for you to ask somebody else that's in the same situation you are to pray for each other. Because here God heard their prayer and he cried out to them. Every, every major move of God ever in the history of the world always started with somebody praying. There was never a, just a spontaneous revival. It always happened by someone saying, God, send revival. It was always a prayer that started for someone praying. Number four, sensitive prayer. Prayer is a two-way street. When you pray, God listens, and then sometimes God talks back. We need to learn to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and we need to be still. And that's the, the P-R-A-Y, that Y yield part. That's what I'm talking about there, that you just stop and you just listen. God, speak back to me. Someone asked me the other day uh, online. I don't, even, I don't even know them. They, they, they saw some of my posts and some different things, and they, they um, asked me, my friend, and just said, hey, I got a question, Pastor. How do I know God's speaking to me? You know? And I said, well, it's going to come, it's gonna come through his word. It's going to come through a person. It's going to come through prayer. It's going to come through circumstances. Or it's going to, or it's going to come in your gut feeling. And you're going to know. You just, it's, it's, it's a special type of gut feeling. It's just not like, well, I think. It's a, uh, I know. And you're reading your word and something just jumps out at you more than it had before. Someone don't know you says something that just hits and your heart and your spirit agrees with that. And you just know that you know that you know because you're sensitive to God's spirit. And when you pray, you need to be sensitive to God and say, God, I'm looking for the answer everywhere. Not just for you to speak your audible voice because the chances are that's not going to happen. We want it. We, we desire it. But the chances of God speaking, it's just, it's just not very likely. Does that happen? Yes. Does that happen often? No. And number five, a spirit-filled prayer. A spirit-filled prayer is a prayer that is, that is led by the Holy Spirit. It's con Holy Spirit-controlled and Holy Spirit-powered. Walking in the Spirit and transforming lives. Jude chapter 20 tells us, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The Living Bible says, But you, dear friends, must build yourself up, your lives, um, ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. So yes, that's, it's twofold there. Yes, we should, and we should be able to, if you, if you are filled with the Spirit, that you can pray in your prayer language. But I'm talking about more often we, we can get to the place. Have you ever heard somebody pray, and they were praying out of their, their own knowledge and their own thought? And then in the middle of that prayer, something happened, and all of a sudden they started praying different. You know, maybe you felt that before. I know I felt it. I can tell you the moment when Holy Spirit touches my prayer or my preaching. And I begin to preach different or I begin to pray different. You, you, you surrender to God and you are sitting there and you're sensitive to God's spirit. And, you are, and it's a spirit-filled prayer. And you begin to pray and the spirit gives you what you're supposed to pray about. And the spirit helps you. Sometimes in, in the spirit, if you're praying in your prayer language, he'll help you in the spirit. Pray prayers that you don't know of. And he can also help you in the flesh. Play, pr pray in English prayers that you don't understand how to pray. Number six, a surrendered prayer. The key to prayer is surrendering to. You're believing God enough to surrender to his will. Christians believe today a lot of times that when I pray, God, I prayed, 
You said you'd answer. You're obligated now. Now, in some cases, we can put a demand on God's word, and I understand that. There's nothing wrong with putting a demand on God's promises. But not just anything and everything that we want that we just demand that he does. That's just not true. We must learn to pray according to the will of the Father. Jesus prayed himself, can this cup of suffering pass from me? And he didn't hear an answer. And he knew that it wasn't, in his gut, I'm sure, he knew that he had to do what he had to do. But he had a prayer. Thank God for unanswered prayers, right? Because if he would have passed that cup of suffering, then we wouldn't have had a sacrifice, and we wouldn't be where we're at and have a Savior. Shakespeare said these words so wisely. We, ignorant of ourselves, beg often of our own harms, which, which the wise powers deny us for our good. So we find profit by losing of our prayers. I love Shakespeare. He's like crazy whack. It's all whack. You can't halfway understand it. You got to like pray about them fast about it. But, but what he's saying though is, you know, hey, we, we pray ignorant of ourselves and we want our prayers to be answered and we're ignorant of the harms that that prayer will give us. So the powers that be, that God does not answer our prayers and it profits us. That's what he's saying. I think it's an old country song. Thank God for unanswered prayers. You know? So, so, so thank God for those moments that we're praying for something. And God's like, I got, a, I got a better plan. Number four. And then number seven, service-centered prayers. Service-centered prayers is a prayer that is offered um, to God as one's essential ministry of life. First Timothy chapter 2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. To pray for all people. Your enemies, your neighbor, your in-laws, your exes from Texas. Pray for all people. And as you make your request, plead for God's mercy upon them and give thanks. You just say, let me plead for God's mercy upon them, not plead for God's wrath upon them. Pray for God's mercy. Don't say wrath, maybe. No, it's mercy. But we want to pray for God's wrath on get him, God, like he's some kind of dog. Sick him. Pray for God's mercy and then give thanks that he's going to give them that. This, okay, then listen to this one. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. Both sides. Everybody. Pray for those kings and those who are in authority so that we can live in peace and quietness. Wow, that's powerful. And in godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases our God and Savior. So those who are in authority, whether you like them or not, it doesn't matter. Pray for them. Pray that God's mercy is upon them. And then when we pray for them, then we have peace and quiet. Straight from the Scripture. This is also, um, this type of prayer is also maybe an intercessory prayer. Where you're praying for someone else, not even a prayer for yourself. I think often that, that, that uh, when we focus and pray for other people, our own prayers were answered. Even when you fast for other people. I think, I think when you fast for somebody else, it's greater than you fasting yourself. You can fast for one day for somebody else and fast for three days for yourself, and I think the first one would be greater. It's personal opinion, but I, I feel like that God honors that that, 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 that you are unselfish, you are selfless, and you are thinking about someone else, and you're wanting their needs to be met, and then God's going to meet your own needs. 
God is pleased when the church has an importance of prayer. God is calling us to pray. Now, Jake and, and Sherry back there is part of they're, they're, they're leaders of our prayer team. Now, that's, I can't get a better I can't give a better uh, message for a, a small group than that. So if you want to be on that prayer team, you can say we're going to have the sign-up sheets next week. But, but, but you know what? I don't care if you never sign up on, on, on a sign-up sheet for a prayer team. I want you to, but I want you to pray. I pray that today has inspired you and, 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 and gave goose you a little bit and helped you to think, man, my prayer life is lacking. Right now, before you even leave this start and change your mind, heart of mind, not out loud, but to your mind, what is, where's your prayer life between 1 and 10? And I believe in everything that 1% change is the best way towards success. So let's not try to go from 3 to 5, 3 to 8. Let's go from 3 to 4. If you're at 6, go to 7. If you're at 0, just start praying. But let's just do 1% change. If you really want to be successful, most successful people make 1% change, and that's how they get better. They don't try to, you can't look at all the way. You just look, that's why, that's why, what does God say? Don't worry about tomorrow. 1% change. Worry about today. Just 1%. Just, just worry about this 1% today, and then tomorrow will be another day, and I'll take care of that tomorrow. So let's think about that. I know we're having, you know, we'll have 21 days of prayer and fast in, in January, but I wanted to talk to you about this now rather than when you're in the middle of it trying to figure it out. And I felt like what better right here at Thanksgiving, what, you know, talking about prayer, giving thanks to God. So important. Please take this message and, 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 and whenever you get, you get home or whatever on the way, not while you're driving, but, but and, and share it. Tag somebody in it. We need to pray. We need to get back to prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you. We just adore you. You are amazing. You are so magnificent. You are so worthy. We don't deserve your kindness. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your mercy. You are amazing, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for just being you, Lord, and sending your son, Jesus. God, we just adore you. We just thank you, Father. God, we just confess, God, that we're not the, we're not the most perfect church, God. We're a bunch of imperfect people, but you're a perfect God. And we just trust you, Lord. We're believing that you're going to help us. God, our shortcomings and our failures that we have, forgive us. Lord, any place in this church and, 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 and everything that we do, we want to inspire love, life, and relationship. And if we're not moving towards that, forgive us, Lord. Help us to stay on track. And God, we just need your presence. We need revival. We need, we need your help during these times. Lord, this, we, need this, we need COVID to go away, Lord. Lord, we need peace in our country. God, we just need you. We need revival. Help us, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you've done, God. And we just ask for you to speak to us, God. We just ask for you to, to give us that feeling in our heart. And, and every, whatever each person in this room is praying for, God, I pray that, that you speak to them, God, as they have just a moment of quiet time. And I, I know quiet time is uncomfortable when it's very quiet, Lord. And it's for me, Father, but... I love the expectancy of knowing that you're going to speak to me. And Father, when you don't speak to me, God, my flesh wants to feel like I didn't, I didn't speak to you and you didn't hear me. 
But just because you don't respond right away does not mean that you didn't hear. So God, thank you for hearing our prayer today. Help me, Father, to pray more. Help us to pray more. God, we're going to give you praise and glory and honor. And we thank you, Father. During this Thanksgiving, let us thank you. God, even though there's a, a lot of things this, this season, God, this year, 2020, Father, that has not been good. It's been atrocious. But God, nobody in this room cannot find an elit a litmus of things to thank you for. So when we get together with our families, God, let us, on, let us not focus on the, on the bad, but focus on the good and focus on each other. And we just thank you, God. Let your peace be about us and, and, and heal us as we need healing. And give us grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Share, make sure and share that with people. Let us know, comment. Hey, go to our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is waning a little bit. Go by and like some of our comments when we get, you know, put C first or something or keep checking by there, make a comment or something so you can see. Um, we post a lot and we, and we make sure and get, we want to get some action going on that page, so please do that. And we love you so much. Have a great day.